With 22 million UK users, LinkedIn offers a fabulous opportunity to find your ideal clients and to stay ahead of your competition. But what do these future clients currently find when they visit your profile? First impressions count. So, are you proud of your fantastic profile because it is client ready and written with them in mind? Or do you look at it and wonder how you could do better because you are not generating leads? My Marketing Guy works with those who want to take advantage of the amazing potential offered by LinkedIn. So, for more details, please email guy at mymarketingguy.co.uk to arrange an initial consultation. Remember, your next client is on LinkedIn. You're listening to Go Fish, exclusively on the pod station. Welcome everyone to episode 10 of the Goldfish uh, Marketing Podcast. Each week we cover a topic that will hopefully help you as business owners or salespeople or marketeers to come up with a way of generating more business. My name is Mark Pollard, my business is Funky Vibes Marketing. I have with me my usual co-host, I've got Elaine Atherton from To Sum It Up. Hi Elaine. Hello there, good to be here today. Indeed, as always. Indeed. And I say it to my left, but you can't see, so it's completely irrelevant. But I've got Chris Roxborough from My Marketing Guy. Good afternoon to you too. Hello, sir. Now, we're not alone, are we? No. And that's not meant to sound like a creepy CCTV kind of thing. Um, Although I have been watching The Outsider on uh, Sky. Oh, it is haunted, this room, by the way. Oh, is it? Yeah, two spirits in here. What they're called? Whiskey and gin. (laughs) Uh, oh dear. No, what are they called? And how do you know? Well, I was told by um, a medium uh, that there's two spirits here. One being my mum, my late mum, and uh, one my old neighbour. Yes. So there we go. So they're drinking the whiskey and the gin then. <laughs> they're happy mediums. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> He's here all week, guys. <laughs> That's the spirit. Oh, <laughs> she's on it as well. Uh, Dearie me, I tell you what, Owen, because um, we have our special <laughs> guest here today. Uh, we have Owen Cottrell from Juice Immersive, who is our VR specialist. I mean, you do loads of other stuff because I've known you for like far too long. I had a forehead instead of a five head when we first met. Um, <laughs> less grey hair. You were both. Yeah. Oh, and I had a smaller belt size as well. Oh. Um, but hi, Owen. How are you doing, dude? I'm very well. Lovely to be here. Thanks for inviting me down. Uh, well, you didn't know there was going to be this comedy gold knocking around, did you? I didn't. You? I wish I'd brushed up on some of my uh, one-liners, but we'll, we'll get through. You'll get up to speed. I, I've seen you with a pint inside you. You're perfectly amusing. <laughs> did you know Owen adopts the accent of whoever? it is he's talking to when he's had a beer oh wow so usually by the end of the evening if he's been sat having a beer with me he sounds like me ah. uh, if he's been with our other friend Jem shout out Jem uh, <laughs> you're not listening but just in case um, he goes he goes all Biggles Wade which is where he's from originally isn't it yep yeah, Australian. I've done that. Have you done Australian? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and is this a planned thing, or does it just happen the it's more alcohol involunt- you have? It's just involuntary. It's ah. just I have a, vul- a vulnerability to other people's accents. Oh, I right. think. Okay. Yeah. He's just an enthusiastic friend. I mm. do know. I like that though. Getting into the spirit of things. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, some housekeeping before we go on. We are on the social medias. Uh, we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. 
it's at go underscore fish marketing give us a follow give us a share uh if you've got any comments throw them on there it's always good to hear your thoughts if we miss anything out you can send us an email um, if you've got any suggestions for topics that you'd like us to cover, that's goldfish at thepodstation.co.uk. You can find us on thepodstation.co.uk. If you find our page, you'll actually find links to all the major platforms where you can catch this show. If you subscribe, it means that every time a new episode drops, you will be able to get the latest show directly on whatever de- device you use. Tell people, give us five-star reviews. We haven't had a, a review yet, which I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I'm procrastinating yeah. over whether that's a good yeah. thing or a bad thing. Oh, Let's okay. assume it's a good thing because everyone's just storing them up to deluges with five stars. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yes. Right, first section, we've got news. So we try and cover a topic that will have or bear some relevance to your marketing plan, um, how it might affect your, your budget or might be uh, something that's cropped up as an example which you can then adopt who's got some news stories then i've got um a news story it's you know how i'm i'm always uh, i like to look after the planet as we all do um then um the co-op is actually re- releasing a tv campaign which is is going to um, promote um the first uk recyclable pizza packaging i know do you eat it do i personally eat it no as in <laughs> I don't eat pizza, packaging. actually. But no, what it is, it's launching um, this evening as we're recording this. But and it's um, it's going to be so it's big. It's a big It's going to be between Coronation Street. So that's you know a big one. And it's, I won't see it then. <laughs> no, well me neither. But it's pizzas and plastics campaign, and it shows how the co-op has has re- replaced the traditional polystyrene pizza disc with a corrugated cardboard. Um, across all its brand pizza so it's, it's eliminating and listen to this eliminating 200 tons of waste isn't that amazing yeah <laughs> it is no it genuinely it is, is. is. i wasn't being facetious there i know it sounded i always sound facetious yeah uh, it is i mean there's we've, a, we've done a bit of green stuff recently haven't we um, <laughs> which, for the for the the fuzz who might be listening (laughs) i made some broccoli and stilton soup yesterday that was quite green (laughs) chris may or may not have been (laughs) oh of course i'm not going to there is a benefit though for um businesses having that apparent perception of being green or or making an effort to be green we we get it quite easy, I guess, don't we? In the the industries we're in, because it's all quite computer based. Mm. Yes. Um, yes. It's easy for us to go green. We just I don't know. Yeah. We could send less emails. We could send less emails. We could send less emails saying thanks. <laughs> no, I mean th- those are those are ridiculous emails. You know, <laughs> uh, all the thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. It, oh, Owen, all... I'm sorry, we're not normally this grumpy. Oh, yeah. No, yes, we are. Um, <laughs> well, well, we, we're not. <laughs> but we, we could. Oh, he is. Uh, we could send less emails. That would that would greatly assist the carbon footprint. I think I came up with a statistic. You did it with a new story, yeah. Yes, Because yeah. yeah. it uh, uses electricity, Owen, and the electricity requires the power station, and therefore that's where the carbon footprint comes from. And how many was it? You were talking like millions oh, of emails. It was, were... it was a, it, well, there are billions of emails sent every day, and if we all sent one less, 
there was a figure of, you know, I've forgotten the figure, Mark, but we can look it up and put it in the show notes. <laughs> I've got a wobbly doodle. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh dear. Facts not to be shared, Chris. <laughs> marketing podcast is an elaborate ruse isn't it it is oh my lord is, um, that, is that better that's better god mm. we can hear you now all oh, right oh good um where were we yeah so it was millie it's those emails you know when you you, you copy 500 people in and only one person actually needs to see it or you go back with those one word answers i think those are the emails you're talking about they are yeah, mm. yeah. i genuinely think it's a an evil of modern business uh, emails and I know I know we won't be without them now but it's interesting to see how many other forms of digital communication are starting mm. to permeate and, and lots of businesses I interact with seem to be moving away from inbox interactions mm. and more onto other types of collaborative platforms like bloody whatsapp or slack or yeah <laughs> it's take your pick really um but but yeah emails are they're just they're just a scourge I think of a of a modern work day yeah. Well, these days people people say to you, "Didn't you see my message?" Well, where did your message come from? Was it an email? Was it WhatsApp? Was it through LinkedIn? Was it via via Facebook? Where did you send it? Yeah, oh, forgotten. Yeah, was it a text? It's like yes. that's the last place yes. you look now, isn't it? Yes. Oh, oh yeah, that's where it was. Yes. Yeah, so true. You've got to start it now. Quick, let's move on to another news story before we bore everyone with our just general grumblings over society. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, well I've I've got a piece of news here, but unfortunately it's bad news. Oh. Um, LinkedIn's shutting down its uh, its Sales Navigator Gmail extension. Now, for those people who've used the... Has anyone around the table used the the um, Sales Navigator Gmail extension? No. No. Not knowingly. It's, it's quite useful. It's quite useful. And this is going to come as a disappointment to, uh, to a number of people, I think. Um, when... Uh, it, it, provides, it provides LinkedIn bio information for those people that are that are emailing you. So when you when you go to an email, if I you sent me an email mark, um, it would have your bio information there as well. Which in some circumstances, if you don't know somebody all that well, it's quite quite useful information. But they've decided that from March the eighteenth uh, this year, they're going to shut down the extension, um, presumably because it doesn't make them money. Mm, I was going to say why. Mm, I think I have actually seen that before. I think, I think someone th- sent me it as a as something to try out. But is, is there not a there's not a data issue or a protection issue around why? Don't think so. No, it. otherwise right. it would have bitten by now, wouldn't mm. it? Yeah, yeah. But it's it's just a just a very quick news news item. That's all. It's just for those of you using it, you won't be able to after the eighteenth of March. Well, with my usual meticulous style, I have uh, actually come up with a new story uh, whilst we were setting up today. It is a new story that is both close to my heart and particularly close to our guest heart, Owen, uh, because McDonald's have relaunched their Le Grand Big Mac, which I know everyone's thinking, where's he going with this one? Bear with me. So it is basically a Big Mac, but bigger, isn't it, Owen? It is, and when you say it's close to my heart, quite literally, as I speak, it is very close to my heart. It's actually pounding away at my heart, having just had one on the way here. I know that's what you're getting to. Because <laughs> Owen's just bought one, uh, and I saw the advert... For research purposes. For research purposes, <laughs> because I saw it the other day and thought, ooh, 
unfortunately I've just started a diet so um, quite frustratingly I had to look and think I would but I couldn't. It's strange because obviously a Big Mac's a long-standing product of McDonald's. The Grand Big Mac isn't that much bigger and is otherwise identical to a Big Mac and yet uh, that single advert with that product just slightly jazzed up a little bit uh, mm. and you've got two idiots like us two who've gone yeah we'll have one <laughs> i only saw the advert last night mm. i saw it last night and i thought i'm gonna have to have one of them soon that that was it and then i think subconsciously this morning when i didn't prepare any lunch to take to work and then when i left 20 minutes early to get here today knowing the mcdonald's two of them uh-huh. that were on route i i just must have in the back of my head known I was going to do it and now I'm, I am sitting here feeling terrible about myself <laughs> but it, it, I mean it's the power advertising it isn't is, it indeed. it's the, and it's the, mm. uh, the other thing as well about Le Grand Big Mac they keep on putting like a limited time period on when it's available as though somehow they're doing us a massive favour with this Fear it, it, exactly uh, another little tactic for yeah. selling making uh, your, your product time limited yeah, yeah. So I actually thought I was quite clever with coming up with that one, although I haven't stopped thinking about one to one since we started. So cheers for that. Out. I don't think you'll get through till the end of the week without having one. Um, I've just ordered one for delivery for you. It'll be here shortly. <laughs> He's forgotten his tea and I'm doing air quotes there so we can go get another one. 10 Minutes, 10 Days, 10 Actions is brought to you by Two Summit Up. Expert sales tips and advice provided in a structured, bite-sized way for only £97. Learn how to improve your processes with 10-minute podcasts provided each day for 10 days, which you can listen to from the comfort of your own home, office or whilst out and about. For more information, visit 2summitup.co.uk forward slash 10 actions. Let's move on to the topic of the week. Uh, Now, we didn't just accost Owen uh, by accident. We've been looking for uh, topics to cover, uh, one of which was actually film and uh, audio video, uh, which Owen has a great experience bank for being able to talk about uh, from some of the businesses that he's been involved in over the years. And I think you still do a bit in it as well, don't you? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um Still still producing video to this day. But he also, because he's a multi-talented chap, he also does, uh, or has moved into uh, an area of virtual reality, which I had a little nosy around because I'm a bit of a tech nerd and uh, fell in love with the whole concept and idea of it. Because Owen's the expert, we thought we'd bring him in to give us an idea of, of what it is and how it can be used and sort of what the developments are within the industry so that if you can think of a use of it and there's loads of uses for it as Owen will probably more um, eloquently explain because I think it's it's quite a, a, an ill area isn't it it's it's all so new still and, and I, I say that sort of guardedly because virtual reality in one form or another actually isn't that new as a technology it's been around for, for decades in, in pretty primitive forms um, and therein lies some of the challenges and problems as to why perhaps it's not kind of permeated sooner. Um, but my, I mean, my background was very much in, in video and film production. That, that's what I studied at university. That's what I started my first business doing. So I ran a, a video agency, production agency for 18 years. 
uh, called Mocker in Liverpool. Uh, great, great video agency, still going to this day. Um, so for me, you know, the, the dreaded S word storytelling has been very much my my kind of creative uh, life, I suppose, and professional life for, for a long time. Um, I suppose the immersive space, and when you know, I use immersive as a catch-all term, really, because um, it, it would incorporate a number of different technologies, virtual reality or VR being one of them. Um, that first came onto my radar maybe about three or four years ago while I was still working at, at my old agency. And um, we had a, an approach to work on a project for a client around, uh, it was a 360 video, 360 degree video. Um, and through working on that project, which was a sort of educational piece um, around First World War history, that that just really kind of opened my eyes up to a totally different form of storytelling. I suppose if you've done the same thing for 18 years, um, however much you love it, you, you start subconsciously looking around for potentially other ways to express what it is you do or, or other forms of, of your kind of specialism. And, and for me, it just, um, yeah, it hooked me. I just thought there's so many other applications for what this technology could enable. Um, in that project's case, what we were able to do was transport primary school children via virtual reality headsets to the battlefields of the Somme in northern wow. France. How cool would that mm, be in a school? Amazing. And yeah. it came from <clears throat> it came from a, a very definitive client need, which was that they one of their other businesses was a was a coach tour business that took school trips to northern France and did physical battlefield tours. And the problems that they were having at the time were around security on the continent and, and fears around security and also cost. Mm -hmm. So school cuts and budget cuts, meaning that schools weren't able to prioritize that form of learning anymore. So the, the, the need was or the question asked was, can we bring the battlefields to them, to the school classroom? And, and that's that's what this project mm -hmm. kind of looked at doing. Um, and it was at the time very innovative. It, it got on, you know, it got featured on BBC Breakfast as a a sort of groundbreaking project and and you know it's no surprise that it it whetted my appetite for wanting to to know more about that that kind mm. of form of storytelling okay mm. so um, you've mentioned uh, an example of how it might be used there what what other examples of use have you got just it's probably a good place to start just so that people can start to build up that that knowledge bank of what it is we're talking about and why so i think probably the best way to tackle that question is to look at the different forms of, of immersive technology and, and VR is just one of those. So VR or virtual reality is um, the, a form of, of technology and experience that fully immerses the user. So normally, or in fact, pretty much exclusively, that is using a virtual reality headset of some sort that completely removes them visually and audibly from their physical environment. So if we were sat here in the room right now, and I could put a VR headset on one of you and you would see and hear the uh, battlefield experience on the Somme, you're completely transported everywhere you look. You're looking around yourself in that space. We could be podcasting in oh, the middle of you, the Somme. Absolutely. I just think it's fascinating. So, like that. Wow. so that's kind of the, 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 the definition of virtual reality is that full immersion. Um, then there's augmented reality or AR, which a lot of people will also have heard of. And, and most the most common question I get asked is, well, what's the difference? And it is it's a very it's a very definitive difference. It's that augmented reality uses technology, normally the camera on your mobile device, like tablet or phone, smartphone, to augment the physical 
world in which you're, you sit or stand with other digital content. So we could, through an AR app, for example, on your phone, we could look through the, the camera at this room, but we could play Angry Birds on this table, for example. Nice. Um, you know, or we could, yeah, we could sort of, I don't know, bring up, um, if it was an Ikea AR app, for example, you could see what one of their units would look like in the corner wow. of the room over yeah, there. Yes, so you, you hold yeah. it round and if you can see what the cupboard looks like in a particular corner, can't you? Yeah, so oh. the, the, the clue's in the name, augmented, mm. as in it's augmenting your physical space with additional content. Yeah. Right. Um, and... And AR use cases are commonly, I mean, retail's really taken to it because of that, that ability to let people see what a product might look like, you know, what your, what your new TV might look like on the wall there mm-hmm. if you were to, to invest in it, for example. Um, and then just to complicate matters further, there's a kind of third form of immersive tech, which is mixed reality or, or MR for short. Um, and the difference with mixed reality is that actually it kind of combines both the physical space around you and objects around you with the digital content. So a good example of that would be um, normally you're wearing mixed reality goggles of some sort and they scan the space that you're in. So they know exactly where the edges of the table are, where, you know, kind of the sideboard is, for example. And then you will you can place digital content on that. So you could place a an animated character on this table and set it off walking in one direction and it will know where the edge of the table is and it will fall off lemming style (laughs) you know to to use a very simple example Mm. but then there's very very clever ways you can start utilizing that technology to to really great effect and it um, and it's actually a it's an underused form of immersion at the moment but it's one of the fastest growing in terms of the hardware and the tech companies that are building things like mixed reality goggles Who's what sort of industry is using this at the moment, Owen? Where, where is it the most common uh, common use? So I think it, depending on the on the the form of technology. So virtual reality, one of the biggest use cases is training. So um, in that instance, quite a lot of sort of um, manufacturing or engineering type um industries will will be using virtual reality already for training purposes so mm. it's that ability to allow someone into a, a space without them having to physically be there mm. so a really good use case i heard about recently was um was in mining actually and it was a company that that build mining equipment and they're based in the us and the the best access to to mines for people going and training with their gear mm. is in australia so year after year they were flying sales reps and trainees, new, new starters to the business over to Australia for kind of a three or four week course, get down a mine and start using the gear to, to have that experience of what it's actually like literally on the coalface. And through virtual reality now, they have really been able to cut back on that. So they're cutting back on carbon footprint, they're cutting back on expense mm-hmm. because- in You'd be train- gutted if you were hoping for a trip to Australia, <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Um, but. It, it, it's a really good example of, of VR being used for training purposes. We're working on a project at, at the moment. Um, it's a sort of R&D and, and scoping stage at the moment, but it's in it's in the kind of energy field um, to help people who will work in high voltage electrical environments mm-hmm. safely train, learn about the mistakes mm-hmm. that they shouldn't be making when they do go out in the field, but doing so in a in a safe environment in in a virtual representation of the world. Yeah. So there's there's just um, yeah, numerous examples of training and, and any type of business that, that will, will benefit from that really. Um, where I think AR is concerned, it's more it's often more customer or public facing. So mm. you've got 
you know, mentioned before IKEA, but you've got retailers who are starting to see the benefits of AR for yeah. people being able to try products in their own homes. Um, you've got kind of point of sale type stuff. So some stores, I mean, America has always kind of has led the way a bit in the in the charge to start adopting this tech. But, you know, I think Walmart actually went all in on it in America and started kind of kitting out mm. all of their stores with sort of immersive and AR um, point of sale stuff content right. so that, you know, what what you see is is only half of it you know when you actually use your ar your device and your ar enabled content you start to really see other things and that can be the animated character on a on a cereal box coming to life and you know talking wow. directly to you you know to to, to whatever it, it's kind of the sky's the limit and that's the thing that excites me about the industry really whenever you read about a use case your first emotion is crap why didn't i think of that and your, <laughs> your second is that's just brilliant i love that mm. But then it might trigger an idea for something yes, else. Yeah. Yes. I mean, good examples I can think of are probably estate <coughs> agents when they're selling houses. Yeah. You have the 360 cameras, don't you, which allow for you to get that kind of feel, but on a computer screen, imagine how more immersive you'd be able to get if you lived in say the north of england and you're looking at a house down in the south of england yeah. and you want to think whether or not it's worth traveling all that way down, yeah. Yeah. stick a, a VR headset on and get essentially walk around the house but without having to travel all the way down south that's a great one isn't it yeah property and and real estate um in america certainly has has really taken to it one of the first sort of freelance jobs i did after leaving exiting my old business was um was going and shooting some content for an estate agent in in the northwest and and she was keen to sort of dip a toe in the water a bit with with um with 360 and and vr tours of of properties and so the the higher end properties on her portfolio were we we were sent out with um, a camera called Matterport and and at the time certainly and probably still now one of the fastest growing tech companies in in America. Um, Matterport essentially uses pre existing technologies to um, build a camera that scans three sixties. So you work your way around the house and you you eventually have built a full three D model of that house and the ability to navigate your way as a user through the whole house and have a look around. So very much like you, you suggested, it would save you traveling to find out that actually that type of house isn't for you. So mm. it's, yeah, it's already really permeating that, that market. Uh, hotels use it, don't they? Mm. So hotels, you can look at hotel bars and restaurants, the rooms to get yeah. a feel for whether they're really good. I, I did, I, I did actually know someone who did one for, I think it was Bentley or Porsche, I can't remember. And that one, you actually, using it, you could actually climb into the car and start the engine of wow. the car. So you could <laughs> you could, you, you could, actually sit in the car and play with the controls as though you were sitting in the car playing with the controls. I have got to, got to find somewhere to have a practical demonstration of this because <laughs> I'm having real difficulty just getting my head around the whole... Uh, you know, you get in the car and you start the car up because you've got a headset on. <laughs> How on earth? Yeah. That's well, just I, mind blowing. I suppose to, to somebody who doesn't know anything about well, it. Well, perhaps to give a because the the other people who are listening are thinking the self same thing. So you've got the headset, so you put that over your eyes, don't you? In a, which creates yes, it, it replaces your eyes and what you can see with your eyes. And as you turn your head, it's exactly the same. Yeah. So if you look to the left, you look to the left in the headset, so everything moves in the same way. Yeah. Um, the more basic ones, you usually have a couple of like joysticks in your hand. Um, so as you move the joystick, it's your hands moving. So if you lift up the joystick in your left hand, your left hand in the VR world 
also mm. lifts up and there'll be buttons on there so if you want to point at something you click a button to okay. point mm. if you want to move forward there's a couple of ways of doing it there's either using a joystick to push forward and you'll move or if you've really got all the gear and i have priced this up because i was so interested <laughs> it came to about 12 grand so uh, i didn't think i'd get that past the missus um. <laughs> yeah you can in, in those scenarios you've got the space in your office or in your home to have the sensors up that then you yeah to move forward you would physically walk forward in the space and and right. you know in in your virtual world you likewise would move forward but the the sorts of experiences you're talking about with the starting of the car or the interacting with objects in the physical world that uh, sorry in the virtual world that's kind of often using haptic feedback and so those controllers essentially become your virtual hands in in the experience and a lot of the training applications use that um we hosted an event a year or so back at the innovation center at alder hay hospital children's hospital locally here um and there uh, the the head of of heart surgery um cardiovascular uh, he he came and did a talk for us around their use of virtual reality to train yes, um, yes. heart surgeons who work oh. on on infants, because it's a very very difficult skill. Obviously, yeah. it takes years of training to work on 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 a heart that's that small, and they now can do it in virtual reality. They mm. can scale it up, and they can mm. interact with, and they can actually kind of practice how they make the right incisions and and all of the things that they do. And it's a very actually a very moving and emotional kind of use case mm. because because this stuff literally now is saving lives the yes. the, the, the failure rates on those types of surgery mm. are just dropping because they're using it's this amazing. tech yeah it yeah. is isn't it yeah. it takes me back we when we went used to go to disney um there was um there's places in disney there's one called innovations as it happens and uh, which you may have been to but that show this the first time we went which was, i think was about 20 years ago we were seeing things there that you you just think Oh, is that really going to happen? And the, you know, it's these things, isn't it, that are happening? And it's not going. It's not going to stop, is it? It's just going to keep going forward, and the market's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, isn't it? It's amazing yeah. what's possible. Well, the, the basic gear isn't that expensive, is it anymore? It, the prices are dropping at a fair rate. It's like anything over time, and in this in this case, quite a short period of time, prices do start plummeting. So, um, only only a year or two back, really, the the virtual reality headset um, was very much still a phone-based experience so it was things like the samsung gear for example was mm. probably the, the best uh, the best example out there where you had to have a a samsung phone in this case that that fitted into the headset so it was your phone that was essentially the computer and that drove the content and that's where the app sat mm. um in in more recent times so probably in the last sort of yeah eight to 12 months um oculus who are one of the biggest players in the market recently bought bought by facebook which says everything it needs to tell mm-hmm. you about about where that company's going um they released the oculus go and that was the first kind of certainly um consumer level headset that is it is is untethered and by that i mean it's neither tethered to a big pc on the desk or yeah indeed needs a phone slotting into it mm. it's its own hard drive and um, so i i bought one of those in order that when i go out to meetings i can demonstrate vr material and um, it's simply a case of connecting through to my dropbox uploading the 360 video file onto the internal drive of the headset 
and, the, and and it's there forevermore. Oh my god, I'm so jealous. <laughs> but, but they retail for, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they retail gone. now for 199 quid, 199 dollars. So yeah. a couple of hundred quid. Oh, oh sorry, don't Sam. Tell him that. Oh no. <laughs> That's going on the wish list. You, you've just sold three of them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's what's great about it, I think, because in, in our industry, it's I suppose it's like any any relatively new industry, or certainly any any industry that's reliant on technology it can get caught up on definition and yeah. and for years i mean I've, I've spent spent the last few years going to events where where people have been sort of almost arguing amongst themselves about oh is, is that technically virtual reality you know if it's if it's 360 video some people used to argue well that's not vr vr's like virtual in the sense that it's a full cgi world and it has to be computer generated i don't agree with that and and so over time, people change their, their view on things. And, and almost comedically recently, um, the term XR has started to be used, which essentially stands for extended realities and was a very welcome catch-all umbrella phrase for anything that is yes. an alternate reality. Mm. And and suddenly now it, it feels like the whole industry has come together and said, okay, well, we are an XR studio or we are an XR business. Um, but what I love about my role, because with Juice Immersive, our, our company is... Um, essentially a storytelling business we're not a technical company so at least as of today we don't employ um, very clever technical people coders for example but on a project by project basis we surround ourselves by by the right team of people and what I love about it is if we've come up with an idea on behalf of a client or we're responding to a, a question that a client's asked us or a challenge a client's presented us with I will talk to those very clever technical people and mm. say this is what we'd love to do. That's possible, right? And I've not once had someone say, no, it's not possible. Mm -hmm. I've had someone say it's going to be very expensive, but I've never had them <laughs> say it's not possible because it is very much sort of open ground. It's it's new territory. And, and really, if you can conceive it, it can be done. Mm. So do you see virtual reality or XR, let's say, uh, as becoming more and more important in 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 the marketing world, uh, in main, mainstream marketing world. I accept it's there already, yeah. but but mainstream. Absolutely, I think the the sort of measure of success that people seem to seem to be almost hung up on is, I suppose, understandably the 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 sales of headsets and and by association they mean kind of domestically. So mm. yes. you know, I've. I've, I've literally had debates with people who said well really this you can't say that this industry's you know arrived until we're all going home at night and popping a headset on to watch our, our entertainment <laughs> at home i fundamentally disagree with that yeah because technology always permeates business and industry before it ever gets domestic mm. and actually sometimes it might never get domestic no exactly and the, you know it's also of course isn't it what works for what some people get excited about others won't really and it's never going to yeah. change that is it with any of our things that we sell no um, absolutely yeah and, so for me, it's not it's not a consumer kind of success metric. It's about if there is an outcome, a desired outcome, or a change in behaviour, perhaps that a business wants in in our world, then that the immersive technology or XR can can help facilitate. Mm -hmm. Then then that's where that's where the market in my mind is going, and certainly that's where I see myself kind of working for years to come. Yeah. And, and much like you know, I. I didn't do too many kind of um, public facing films over my 18 years exclusively making film and video. Mm. Most of my work was commercial or corporate in, in one form or another. Um, similarly with, with XR and immersive, it, for me it's about experience and, and so actually if you go to a conference and there's an exhibitor there who has an immersive experience that 
blows your mind, makes you remember that brand, kind of makes you perhaps loyal to that brand or, or intrigued to look at that product more, then that's done its job. That's mm. the outcome that yeah. that client wanted. Yeah. You're, you, you're not necessarily still going to go home and buy a headset for, for home use. Yeah. Um, I suppose the other factor just, just <clears throat> to throw in is that, that gaming drives a lot of things. Mm. So um, the, the, the VR technology in, in in the sense of hardware is driven by the gaming demand so playstation vr has been been a key player in that mm. and and that's no bad thing because when i work with corporate clients they they actually get a bit of a buzz from the fact that you then tell them that your experience that we're building for you is being built say in unity which is a games engine being built in the same engine that cool games get built in you know right. that's quite a buzz for them yeah so. So do you, when you so obviously you, you talk about estate agents, you know, high end particularly. What where do you think the next sort of tranche of people are going to come from business wise? In What's, terms of users of it, yes, yeah. Um, so I think the trends that that we're seeing are, I mean, in in construction, there's there's already a lot of interest in it. Mm. But, but there's areas of, of that world that are still kind of, you know, being a bit tentative around it. Architects are a, a classic example. So I think we're, in terms of when I look at our pipeline currently of projects, there's a, a fairly even split between people in the sort of construction world. Uh, we're doing a, a big R&D project at the moment, which we were fortunate enough to, to win some R&D funding for through, through uh, Innovate UK. And that was around town planning. Mm. So that's actually responding to a public sector challenge it's town planners yeah. in a particular borough mm. wanting to have better monitoring powers of the developments taking place in their area mm. so what we're working on at the moment is pairing up um, earth observation and satellite data with an augmented reality platform that you visualize on oh your... that's weird you got the site foreman looking over your shoulder but he's not really there <laughs> well it's <laughs> that's like the ghost in this room well you don't know they're there but they are but that's you know it's it's against a, a particular client or a particular organization looking at it and going right we we think we're fairly progressive in our use of technology but actually is there a better way still a more engaging way still that our staff can access data can monitor things on the ground mm. without necessarily having to physically go out and be there and and yeah, there's a certain big brother element to it, but actually, this this is this is only technology that's there anyway. You know, with satellites up in up in space mm. capturing this stuff is 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 it's reality. It's there. It's happening. It's just another way of accessing the data and viewing it. Um, so so yeah, there's there's those kind of industries. I think um, we're doing some stuff at the moment with um, a charity that, that Mark knows I'm involved in, which is a um, called State of Mind Sport, and that's a mental health charity and. One of the big things about immersive or XR is the the ability to um, deliver empathy or create empathy mm -hmm. where perhaps it previously didn't exist. So one of the things we're working on at the moment is a project that um, I need to come up with a, a less gender specific title for, but we've called it Man in the Middle or Be the Man in the Middle. It needs to be uh, be less male orientated, mm -hmm. but it's um, a project around referees in Super League, um, particularly because it's a rugby league initiative. And it's about trying to give people the experience of what it's like to be a match official in a high, mm. a high adrenaline, high testosterone fueled mm. rugby league game. Yeah. Because we do a lot of work with welfare and mental health around um, both rugby league players um, and fans and the community mm. around that sport and other sports. 
but off, an often forgotten group are the officials. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who are always yeah. unpopular with one side or yeah. another. Yeah. Um, Imagine what the football refs are like, because rugby league is substantially better behaved, isn't it? It is, but mm, we have we have true. a presenter on our books at State of Mind who's a former a former rugby league official who who has some horror stories and and mm. you know and, and yeah actually comparably that's a pretty respectful sport. Well, as well. Yeah, yeah. So you know he's helping us devise this project mm. and and again it's that it's that creation of empathy and whether whether particularly younger fans might go into this experience because purely they want to get a better view of the action mm. from this particular game. But ultimately, if, if they then come out of that headset and they feed back that, bloody hell, it's hard to keep up, isn't it? And, and you know, mm. that it's all that going on around. You've got to have eyes in the back of your head and, yeah. and, you know, you're making these decisions under intense pressure. And that's creating empathy and understanding mm. where it didn't previously exist. So and, and ultimately, we aim to change behaviour through that. Yeah. So make people think twice about yeah. hurling abuse at a referee who's, who's, who's got a hard job mm. to do. We all have bad days at the office. It's competition time, everyone. Elaine, Chris and I wanted to give you, the listeners, a chance to win some fantastic prizes. All you need to do is like or follow one of our social media pages. It's go underscore fish marketing. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. And you also need to give us a review on Apple or on Facebook. What the prize is, Chris? The winner will receive free entry to my next LinkedIn masterclass and the usual price is £97. The winner is going to get free access to my online programme, 10 minutes, 10 days, 10 actions, and it's worth £97. Funky Vibes will be giving a voucher worth £100 for any website developments or graphic design, leaflets, business cards, logos, whatever you want to use it for. There is a deadline for entering the competition. You need to make sure you've done it by the 30th of April. Winners will be drawn at random on the first show after the competition closes, so you need to stay tuned to find out whether or not you're the lucky winner. Good luck, guys. You're listening to Go Fish, exclusively on the Pod Station. Check out all our shows exclusively on thepodstation.co.uk. It can be great, unique selling point either as part of your your product. So that's the construction's a good example of it being part of your. If you hire us to do a job, we can use this technology in order to offer a better service, whether it be in terms of supervision or safety. Mm. Um, you can also use it as a great selling point. It, it it's a bit more gimmicky, but it will make you stand out from the competition. You mentioned conferences. If you're at a business expo mm. and there's like say a wedding expo and there are five billion venues who are all trying to to maul the same people wandering around to come use their Mm. venue well imagine if you had a vr headset that you could plonk on the bride and groom to be so they could actually walk around the grounds of your of your hotel they could almost experience it without Mm. giving them a load of pamphlets and say well why don't you come and visit us because they might not find the time or they might come across a, a, a sexier looking leaflet 20 yards further down the line. What are you going to say? A sexier looking bride or groom? <laughs> Maybe that's what you could do. Pick your own virtual. Maybe. Oh, oh, well, that's a dating app, isn't it? You imagine having a VR dating app. Well, you, it's interesting you Don't say go that. Don't there, Mark. Um, something else to mention. Obviously, we're, we're recording mm. this uh, in the northwest, and, and you know, Liverpool, Merseyside, the northwest as a region is actually doing really, really well in, in immersive. So we've got a huge. 
um, group of, of companies, a big cluster that's building. Um, I'm quite active with, with the immersive Liverpool community and, and that's a, a group of companies, very open access, very inclusive, um, in only works in or around the space. And uh, one of our, our companies who've come from a games heritage, video games heritage, um, of, uh, called VTime and they've developed this uh, this platform called VTime. It's actually a social media platform where you essentially create your own virtual avatar mm. and you can go and meet other people in virtual worlds up to I think it's five or six people in a particular space. You can sit up on the space station and have a have a social media session it's with, with these other people. It's amazing isn't it really? But what made yeah. me think of it was that they've had their first couples who have met on the platform and then got married in, in real life because ah. they've, they've, they've met on on vtimes platform got on so well in the virtual space i mean it's an extension of of online dating isn't it it's it's another way of meeting people well imagine if if you you just got married in the vr world and then every time you had an argument you just switch off your machine (laughs) 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 pull the batteries out there's benefits to be had from that isn't there (laughs) i guess one of the biggest questions that people probably ask is cost how much of that is a stumbling block, either in terms of buying gear to do it yourself or probably because the technology is a bit more sophisticated than that, bringing in the likes of yourself who is an expert in being able to produce it? So it's not, I suppose it's not dissimilar to a lot of a lot of things where certainly where creative content is concerned or digital content. I mean, in in, in the video world, you know, my, my former agency were, well, we, we grew and built up to become, I guess you could say more of a, a high end or, or boutique agency when it came to the, the kind of production value and the quality of the content that we produced. Um, but, but in there was also that, that challenge, that market challenge of trying to differentiate yourself from the starters who were coming through university every year and working on cheaper and cheaper equipment that, that not in a bad way that makes it more accessible mm. to people to be able to produce content and and actually now I, I know I know a lot of people who who used to be in the video world when when I was was more sort of intrinsic in that and they you know they they've almost now thrown their hands up in the air and go, yeah I get it I'm not going to be able to compete with with DSLR filmmaking and and bedroom editing that that mm. that's, that graduates can do and and can produce really good good work so I think long answer to a short question I, I think it, it absolutely depends on what the level of ambition and the complexity of the product needs to be you can absolutely do quite simple simple stuff so, so use 360 video as an example um gopro led the way with with action cameras and similarly they were the the sort of early runners in in the 360 video space they 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 took that leap so now you can you know ride your surfboard wearing a, a three a mounted 360 kind of camera you can um you know there's now insta 360 who are a, a, another sort of action camera specialist they've sort of taken the mantle and and started doing some of that stuff so again those are relatively cheap pieces of equipment to buy and you can shoot 360 video on them they're not going to necessarily give you the the most um, clarity of image the highest resolution the neatest stitch because 360 is all about stitching images together whether it's done in camera or or in post-production so there's kind of there's as always there's reasons why some things would cost more but you can go out and produce some of this stuff and it would be kind of flippant of me as as a a person who's making a living out of doing it to, su- to suggest otherwise you can absolutely do that um certainly i've been in conversations with clients who uh, one was a was a sort of high street retailer and they wanted to create a 360 uh, environment of one of their stores 
Um, and when the conversation went down the line, essentially they said, well, we found this camera. Surely we can just buy the camera and do it ourselves. And I said, absolutely, you can. And, and therefore you, you won't need us. And I can advise, and I did advise on how they might go about doing that because you can still make mistakes. You know, you guys mm. have got this podcast set up here. It's an impressive podcast set up that actually other people would be also doing a podcast with perhaps lesser gear there'll be other issues there'll be less less clear sound you know so it's mm-hmm. kind of it's often related to the technology that you're using but also in our case I think it's about the storytelling experience and for us we we sort of pride ourselves on on actually challenging the brief sometimes asking the client why mm. a lot of people come to us and say we just want to do a VR project one of the first projects we did was for um, it was for an event company called Meat and Potato in Liverpool uh, and the end user or the end client was Mercedes-Benz Vans and the brief was one line it was we want to create a, an immersive road show we want to put a trailer out on the road that's groaning with XR with experiences and we said well can we just push back and say well, why what's the why why are you doing this and they you know they kind of spent a bit of time with us and in the end we got to a place where they said well because we we've got a lot to say as a brand we're doing a lot of work around future mobility and coming up with solutions for the future of of urban transportation things like that we just think that to tell those stories in a in a kind of technically advanced way Mm. is is apt and appropriate so great then you've now got your why and we can start talking about what the narrative is and how we how we apply the technology you know so Mm. that's kind of I, i think where we add our value hopefully yeah that resonates with all of us doesn't it because we're all big on that about that it's it is people have great ideas of what what, you know oh we can do this but actually well what do you want what's it what's its purpose is so key isn't it so yeah yeah. it's purpose and outcomes because you used the the gimmick word before um sadly there are a lot of gimmicks out there and a lot of people i speak to say oh yeah i did a vr thing once yeah, it was kind of cool, but a bit, bit of a gimmick, really. And, mm. and first impressions last. You know, sometimes you've got to try and pull people back from that place and say, but if you go into this experience, and I can recommend people yeah. to certain things, then you, you, will, you will see VR in a very different light, or you'll see AR in a very different light. Yeah. Well, there is always a danger that people see things always as gimmicky when they're brand new. Um, mm. So the estate agent example, uh, estate agents who probably first started using it will have been seen as doing something a bit gimmicky. Mm. But that's because the people who aren't doing it perhaps don't understand the cost and the sales that come off the back of that piece of technology um, and therefore see it as a gimmick. But in actual fact, it's just part of your your marketing tools, isn't it? It's, It's the same as having a website that has an online uh, payment facilities so you can make it easier for people to buy if you're making it mm. easier for people to experience what mm. you're selling yeah um, yeah the bonus of a gimmick i guess is that it popularizes the uh, uh, the technology uh, absolutely and, and takes it to the more serious level after that yeah so uh, a good example of that i think is that um so Everton shirt on the wall in here. Um, I know we, 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 we you know, what so, could you say about so, it? But, so, but Delane's very kind at letting us use this room exactly, every week. Exactly. Yes. Know, we'll put up with that. Uh, we should we should lay our colours on the table, shouldn't we? We've got two Liverpool fans over here, and I'm a Leeds fan, so I've got no right to take make fun of anybody. But I'm, but, and I'm a Liverpool fan, and and it kind of galls me a little bit that actually Everton have done something really progressive around their around their people's project and the stadium move. So they they took the the architects model of the the new stadium uh, design for Bramley Bramley Moor 
and they've turned that into a, a VR experience VR model. They did it initially for um, the public consultation. So you could go to the trailer in the middle of town and pop a headset on and actually travel through and across and over the, the new stadium build and feel what that was going to be like. Um, user experience, by the way, is everything. My wife did that because she's a massive Evertonian and, and took it off after a few moments because she felt physically sick. Not at the site of the new stadium because, because she, was, she was first person flying over the top of it. That was wow. what made her feel ill. But um, but to that point, so then what Everton did then was they they took that onto another level. So now they've they've added to their their app the um, the the new stadium app on the phone, and you can now in AR place that three D model of the stadium anywhere you like. It recognises the surface, uses a, a back end technology called Slam, and it will essentially find this tabletop and place the three D model of the stadium mm-hmm. on the tabletop, and then you can take screenshots of Everton's new stadium on your kitchen table. How cool! It's oh, very, I have to share this with my husband. It's very share. It's very shareable. I mean, I was doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, you know, and I'm a Liverpool mm-hmm. fan, but I was just so taken with the the usability of it. It was it was a quality experience and. Uh, you mentioned sort of return on investment I think before and, and how do you measure the impact of doing it and that, that's actually a massive challenge we have as an industry because you often can't find equivalent metrics to you know if you had a paperclip for example it's very obvious whether it's working or not for you yeah. but when you do stuff like this a lot of the time you're actually kind of just maybe trying to create brand awareness or increase loyalty mm. to a brand or or just give some of those softer kind of you know marketing benefits so it, it it's a challenge we have and we're are working nationally with with other colleagues in in the immersive space to try and actually build some mechanisms that yeah, we can introduce that makes to perfect clients. sense doesn't it yeah. absolutely that's a really good point isn't it how do you prove what bit worked absolutely mm. i mean the project we did um with mercedes-benz with a uh, meat and potato the events company was uh, was a great project from the point of view of exposure and a, a client actually using all manner of, of immersive tech because we included mixed reality, virtual and augmented reality experiences in that roadshow. Um, but but the, the one sort of piece of the puzzle that perhaps was missing was actually how we measuring the success of mm. this. We have yeah. a lot of qualitative data, people coming out of the trailer after spending half an hour in there going, I've asked for a test drive in the X class because in the 360 mm. video it looked class. That's grand. Sorry, I'm not very scouted. Um, that's, that's fantastic. There's no beer. There's no beer. He's, he's adopting um, that all on his own. And, and, you know, but it's still qualitative. It, yeah. You know, it, even if they sell a, a few X classes and they can somehow tangibly link it back to the people mm. going through the experience, it's not genuine ROI. You know, it, no, it's no. not solid data, is it? So, mm. it, you know, it's um, it's a tricky one, but it's something we're, we're working on as an industry to try and make a more compelling business case because whatever you're spending on it even if you are only going in at entry level you should still be caught up in in whether this is going to work for you mm. or not it doesn't matter how little you're spending on it so it's feedback though isn't it elaine yeah, yeah. And if 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 you've got a new client customer on board it, it that's where you can pick up that kind of data so i guess what you're sort of saying is your industry is trying to find a way of of providing the tools for the return on investment whereas I would perhaps say that it's quite easy for the customer to create the ability to do that themselves. So if a new client comes on board, you go, did this VR experience have any influence over your decision to buy the product? And if the answer is yes or no, there's your metric, isn't it? Yeah, and it you know, there's there's some very clever 
um, sort of peripheral technologies now around things like um, heat mapping and and scanning people's eye movement, for example. And and these were some of the things that, that I'm always looking to try and introduce to to experiences because it does give you that added layer of of analysis and data. So, for example, you know we produced for the Mercedes project a 360 video. It was kind of an extended version of their TV advert because that was what they wanted us to do was extend the world of that TV campaign. Um, what I would have loved to have been able to do, and it's absolutely pos- possible with the technology, was record each each user session and heat map and look at where their gaze went during mm-hmm. the experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, st- you soon start to see, even scene by scene, shot by shot, which are the things that grab, a, grab the mm. attention. You know, with, when you're sat within one of the vehicles during the film, you know, what are the things on the dashboard that people are looking at? Yeah. And, and that will start to not only help the client with, with you know, how well that's gone in terms of selling product or, or adding, adding benefit, but for us it, as, as content producers, what works and what doesn't in 360 because it's a very different discipline to, to traditional video and film you know mm. when you're when you're directing producing editing a piece of, of flat 2d film it's very very straightforward to direct attention you do it through cutaways you do it through close-ups you do it through mm. all manner of, of techniques that actually you, you lose when you go into 360 because you're giving massive freedom to the user right. to look where the hell they want yeah essentially what are your favorite types of projects so somebody comes to you with Whatever, and you think oh, big budgets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to answer that one for him. Well, big budgets come with big responsibilities, um, but it's a great question. I think, I think for me, multifaceted projects are great. So that the the Mercedes example is a fantastic case study for for us and for the other companies that we mm. that we worked with on it. Um, because we're able to go out and use it as a case study, it, it involves different types of immersive technology, mm. and and actually, it was each each experience within that roadshow was for a different purpose, and we actually worked with different teams at the client end. You know, so right. we worked with their futures team on a mixed reality experience, which was we did a, a, a physical build, an architectural model of a city, mm. and then through the mixed reality headset a digital projection of that city anchored to the physical model, hence it's mixed reality. Right. And it played through certain sort of gamified scenarios and you played the role of a fleet manager and you kind of worked your way through these experiences. So, and that as a world apart from the more kind of passive, less interactive experience that was the 360 video mm. version of the TV ad. So what I loved about that was in one project, albeit a sort of eight month project, you know, huge, huge undertaking, but there were, um, different forms of storytelling, all all under the same umbrella, but but very kind of, yeah, just just different bespoke kind of experiences that we created for for different client sort of mm. teams, really. So that that's a great type of project, I think. For me, that where my heart sort of lies with with the power of immersive, indeed, with the power of of video traditionally mm. as well, is is the whole empathy thing and being able to move people both emotionally and now with through immersive technology kind of you know genuinely move people to other other worlds and and you know the project i mentioned with with state of mind and the, the referees project that's fantastic because i've you know I've, I've sat down with with you know very emotional referees or former referees who have said you know they in the end they had to get out of the game because mm. they just couldn't take the pressure anymore and, and it just wasn't worth it you know who are now saying to me, if what you're proposing creating was there at the time, then that it might have worked out differently for yeah. me because people might have started yeah. to understand a bit mm. more. And 
so for me it's that it's that empathy thing they're the sort of projects i love and and whether i'm doing them or whether i read about others doing them um i'm trying to think there's there's healthcare is a really good sector for for those yeah types and of it's, it's so interesting isn't it and i mean obviously you, you started with that didn't you and you think gosh you, you know I, I don't think of all the places my head went before we met you what sort of things you would cover that that wouldn't have been one of mm. them on the radar and you think gosh how powerful that is isn't it to um to yeah. be able to support that because it's such a massive thing isn't it massive massive and it's getting worse isn't it so yeah. to be able to have to, to be able to do what you do and know that you could have some impact on that is pretty think, mega really isn't it i think like from a personal perspective something that i remember really caught my attention at the time was um so my, my wife kate who mark knows very well as well um has always suffered with migraines really debilitating mm. migraines just fortunately for me something i've never never really had to endure I, I don't know what it's like and whenever kate feels a migraine coming on she'll describe the lights coming in yeah. and the, the effect it has on her vision and i simply were, wasn't able to really understand or empathize with mm. that and you know it's constant frustration for her that she couldn't explain really what was no. happening but she no. was just going to have to put herself to, to mm. bed for an hour or, or two till it passed you know and there was an amazing project i, I can't remember who for the life of me who created it might have been out of America but it was it was essentially a VR experience that put you in the head of someone who oh experienced gosh. migraines and it went down to the detail of different types of migraines mm. so they've, they've got fairly distinct categories now yeah. of them and you know so you're sat I think it was on a tube train uh, or a subway and and you know your vision started to, to kind of come in from different angles and or someone jabbing the side of your temple with a knife at the same time just to give you the pain element <laughs> well, well, that's what yeah. it feels like when you have one there. yeah and, and yeah. but I, I just remember I remember sort of looking at this experience and and Kate seeing it as well and we were just watching it a sort of write-up of it and a video of it online but she said that 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 there that's exactly what I've been trying to tell you for years I go through every time I get a migraine and it just goes to show it can bring people together it can create empathy and understanding marvellous thing gosh I'm conscious that Owen will need to go home at some point Um, (laughs) I'm getting hungry (laughs) surely not after what you've eaten I know where it is now if McDonald's would like to be a sponsor, it's Goldfish at the Pod Station UK. Because you used you keep mentioning the storytelling, which is part and parcel of the marketing mix that we often talk about. Um, you've done things like promo videos, training videos, music videos. You're just big music people, didn't you? And did Newton Faulkner? That's oh, the one. Who was wow. at the time my favourite artist? Mm, yeah. I like him. Mm. Absolutely loved. And that was that, yeah, that was great. We shot a music video for him in Liverpool because he he'd missed the missed the window of opportunity to shoot it down south, and so um, they knew they needed to create this video while he was out on tour, and and it dropped whilst he was in the northwest. So we we managed to get get the production to be Liverpool. So we shot at um, St George's Hall and Lime Street, uh, Liverpool One over here at um, the uh, fort down at New Brighton there. So yeah, and uh, I was really proud of that, and and yeah, a bit bit starstruck because he was my favourite at the time. <laughs> The brain processes nearly 10,000 visual and oral cues per minute. As first impressions stick, make the customer see your business in the right way. Funky Vibes can ensure your vibes attract the right tribe with their marketing expertise, graphic design, bespoke websites and social media packages. For more information or a no-commitment initial consultation, simply email your tribe at funkyvibe.co.uk you understand the benefits that go with having that visual 
storytelling that people can do because I think social media is a good example isn't it Chris of where being able to watch a video online often is a million times more effective well statistics show um, because people like myself who either time limited or just slightly lazy would very happily watch a video for two minutes as opposed to have to read a big long deluge of text. article, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. Have we got any more questions? I don't think so, no. It was all I, very interesting. I don't think so. I'm gobsmacked. I must oh, it's amazing. It's, You've uh, got to do one. It, it's very hard to describe, isn't it, when you, you do mm. it. Your brain, yes. when you put these headsets on, for the certainly the VR stuff, your brain genuinely accepts all of the information it's getting. Mm. So if you walk to the edge of a cliff with these headsets on and look over, you can feel that butterfly. Oh my god, in. I've got a fear of heights. That'd be no good. No, but me. you can. <laughs> but that's it. Your, your brain's, your, yeah. your head's going. Yeah. This yeah. isn't real. But your brain's going. Yeah, no. But let's not step over there just yeah. in case, eh? And and that's exactly what it does. Yeah. I think I think one really good example of that. Although if you if you're scared of heights, it again um, user experience is everything. Um, but I did I did a an experience up at the Edinburgh Fringe. I, we go to the Fringe most years, and and a couple of years ago it was the first time had a, de- a dedicated um, immersive sections of the festival so uh, it's ve- relatively small but but crammed with different experiences and there's a couple that, that stuck in my mind one was um, a piece that Greenpeace had put together um, about an endangered tribe uh, in the Amazon called the Munduruku and it was a multi-sensory experience which is the bit I really loved about it but essentially it was a 360 video that took you to their their tribe in the Amazon and you spent time with the with the elders and you spent time with the young people from the from the village uh, out in the fields um, and then there was so you sat in, in in Edinburgh you sat in this sort of tented environment headset on watching this 360 video but it's multi-sensory because at certain points you could smell so you found yourself sat in the middle of the circle of, of young people in the the field and they they were telling you about the crops that they harvest there and uh, and then this smell sort of drift, drifted past Aww. your nose and it's like is that the smell of, of this crop you know and then there was another shot where they obviously lifted the the 360 camera up through the canopy of the amazon and then just at the point that you rise above the the trees suddenly there was just a lovely gentle breeze in your face mm. And I was like, this is unreal. I took the headset off. There was a guy there who'd obviously like, you know, onboarded me to the experience. And I said, how, how much of the multi-sensory stuff was automated? He said, and he was taking me through it. He said, so some bits were automated, but actually I very quietly tiptoe around you and I can ah. see where you are in the film. So I knew when you were coming up above the tree canopy, it was time to turn the fan on ah. and stuff like that. So, you know, and that, that's just... What, what really... a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> But ultimately, you know, because I, I, I obviously want to peek behind the curtain yes, and find out how they've yes. done stuff. Mm. Um, the other experience I remember from Edinburgh um, is it, they, they kind of created a an experience to, to try and let people know what it's like to be a developing infant. Mm. Um, so they shot a load of 360 material in a, in a family environment, in a home, um, but then sort of did a timeline of how how a baby's sight and senses develop so the early scenes you know kind of things very blurred and you're just seeing colors and you can't really make out shapes and things and then you know skip forward to you know when the baby's a certain number of weeks old and you're actually recognizing the face of dad as he leans into the to what is the camera because it's like a first person pov experience you know and that stuck with me because it was like, wow, you know, never before have I yeah. realised what it must be, you know, you understand how, how a baby develops, you know. So, mm. yeah, fascinating. I just, 
yeah, just love love some of the stuff you, yeah, you find out about. Fascinating. Mm. What a cool job. I know. Yeah, what a cool job. So yeah. if you have any questions for Owen, or if you want to make an inquiry about his services, uh, where can we find you, Owen? So, um, yeah, it's juiceimmersive, or one word, dot com. So J-U-I-C-E. I-M-M-E-R-S-I-V-E.com is our website. Um, my email is just owen at juiceimmersive.com. Um, and yeah, you can give me a call and we can catch up, have a coffee and, and just chat about the art of the possible, which is my favourite bit of my job. And there's no charge for doing that. The art that. of the possible. That's a great. That's a great tagline. Yeah. 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 I guess that's probably the main main point you would make with this, because what you've described sounds quite fantasyful for many people who might never have come across this, but the fact is it, it, it is possible it is a reality no pun intended um, <laughs> and don't worry about what it may cost or how much work might be required ask the question absolutely ask the question and you know there's there's other sometimes there's mechanisms out there you know the R&D project I mentioned before is a funded piece of work you know so uh, um, you know, there's, there's, there's quite a lot of government pots of money that are there to help drive the growth of the immersive sector it's it's already an economic reality in this country. There's um, been a couple of reports out now that Immerse UK, who's a dedicated arm of Innovate UK, have put out. So the government is backing the sector, and we're we're doing really well as a country globally. We're we're you know pretty much mm. neck and neck with America in terms of what we're doing with this stuff. So um, so don't necessarily write it off as something that's just out of reach from a, an affordability point of view. Sometimes there's help to be had there. There's certainly things like R&D tax credits in terms of other mechanisms you can you can absolutely leverage. My old business for the first VR project we did, we we filed a, an R&D tax claim, and and you know it it's just a way of obviously. And you're not in prison, so it worked. <laughs> yes, these things have a habit of coming oh, back to haunt you. We'll have to edit that out now. <laughs> I'm going to say you know, it's on table. This oh might God. be the last time you hear of Owen. But no, there's you know there, there are there are very legitimate. Um, ways that people are being incentivized to try and innovate and so I, I met a guy recently at an event who who's a Christmas tree farmer and um, he'd come up I won't I won't sort of uh, you know commercially sensitive I suppose I won't, won't tell you what it is but he'd come up with a, an idea or a plan about a different way of, of growing and harvesting Christmas trees and and it, it was fascinating to me and then, and then we got chatting about you know ways that immersive technology might be able to help actually kind of test his 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 theory out and um and yeah you know he's a, he's a prime candidate for being able to apply for some funding to help him actually r and d that and most of our work actually you know we have a very long pipeline we end up in conversation with with um, potential clients for quite a long time but but a lot of the time the first piece of work ends up being an r and d piece you know you're just testing a theory you you know you do a piece of r and d and then that might lead on to a, a bigger piece of work so you know, there's very much a dip your toe in option with this. I stuff. love yeah. the idea of an augmented Christmas tree. You don't have to put the baubles up. There's no arse around with the lights. It exists. You don't have to clean it. So if somebody comes in and goes, where's your Christmas tree? You hand them your phone, they hold it up and they can see the tree. It, it, it exists and you, oh, can, oh, oh. you can change your lights and your style. And you, you, yeah, this year, I think for the first time I saw an AR tree. It's oh, what are we going to do hug. with you? Oh. <laughs> um, not quite the same. No, it's not, is it? No. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, as I say, if you've got any questions, get in touch with Owen. If you've got any questions for us as well, it's gofish at thepodstation.co.uk. If you've got any topic suggestions, um, let us know. Give us a follow on social media. Um, what else? Yeah, make sure you subscribe and give us a review. Um, how can we get into contact with you, Chris? 
it's guy at mymarketingguy2gsinthemiddle.co.uk. That's my email address. Or if you just want to have a, a lurk around my website, it's www.mymarketingguy2gsinthemiddle.co.uk. Dot co dot uk. He loves his two Gs. He always laughs at his two Gs. Is this not going to be go fillet fish? No. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. You'll fit right on board here. And you will not. Elaine, how can we get hold of you? Oh yes, all of the platforms. But um, sort of email is Elaine at to sum it up. Two M's in the middle. <laughs> dot com. Um, website the same www.tosummitup.com and Instagram yeah the rest Facebook the lot <laughs> you can get hold of me at mark at funkyvibes.co.uk we're on all the platforms as well that's just funky vibes with a three instead of a knee because some bugger had nicked the other version <laughs> and, uh, what's your surname Mark? Bob Pollard two L's in the middle <laughs> Oh God! Wow. It doesn't get any better, does it? <laughs> um, now to get At least Chris's phone didn't ring. In punishment, in punishment of that terrible jibe, Chris, what topic are we covering next week? What topic are we covering next week? Now let me think. Um, next week, uh, what makes a great post? Well, very well done. That was, that was off the hoof, was it, Mister Oxford? Uh, right. Well, thank you very much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Owen, for coming to uh, visit us, my friend. Thanks for having me. You've been, been a little great. star. Loved it. Uh, it's been very interesting. Yeah. Thank you, Owen. I will speak to you all soon. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Check out all our shows exclusively on thepodstation.co.uk. Support the station by visiting patreon.com/thepodstation. forward